This is defensive end Derek Barnett of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have it, and it's recovered, recovered by Barnett. Barnett. And you're listening to the Eagles Live Podcast with Dave Spadero. Hi, Eagles everywhere, and welcome to the Eagles Live Podcast brought to you by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadero, and we've got a great, great, great podcast for you. A little later in the show, we'll sit down with Carson Wentz, Eagles quarterback, and go deep with number 11, talk about some of the things that he stands for on and off the field. We also will have Howie Roseman join us, some of the Eagles moves that we've been following here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and our official app. Interesting moves around the draft before the Eagles draft. Of course, they signed Tim Jernigan, defensive tackle. And then since the draft, they have been busy. And Howie will be here to talk about those moves. The Eagles busy at the NovaCare Complex as the offseason conditioning program continues. The rookie minicamp upcoming this weekend at the NovaCare Complex. And with that, the Eagles bringing in some veteran players who really do pique some interest. Tim Jernigan is one of them for sure. Linebacker Zach Brown, a former pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills, played with the Washington Redskins, comes in to help the linebacker core. And then a couple of safeties, Godwin Iguibuque and Blake Countess, somebody who the Eagles drafted in 2016. What do they mean for the 2019 Philadelphia Eagles? Well, I'm going to go on up to Howie Roseman's office right now and find out. Here's some exclusive one-on-one time with Eagles Executive Vice President of Football Operations, Howie Roseman. Howie, it's interesting the way that you've built this roster before and after the draft. Some key veterans potentially coming in here. Let's talk about them. Uh, Tim Jernigan, number one, how that deal was done when most people kind of thought he was going to sign somewhere else. Timmy's a guy that since he came to Philadelphia in that trade of April 17, he's just been someone who, who plays in, in, with an Eagles mentality. He brings a brand of football that uh, is important to our defense. And to be able to get him back and, and put him in that D-line room, which we always want to be one of our strengths of our team, really excited to, to have him back in Philadelphia for the 2019 season. When you look up and see Jernigan, Cox, Malik Jackson, I can't remember potentially a threesome that experienced, that deep, and that accomplished in the NFL here. And they could play complementary football. Obviously, you know, Fletch, he can play any technique inside. Uh, Malik, his explosiveness, his ability to edge defenders and his quickness. And then, and then Timmy, he can get in that A-gap. He can play – he can really um, play stout against the run. But uh, since the day we got him, we know he's got more as a pass rusher. We're excited to see that. And I'm really excited to see our young guys too, you know, bringing in Ridgeway, uh, Trayvon, which was a great job by our pro department – Last year, his contributions, another year in the scheme, Bruce Hector and a couple of these undrafted guys that we're going to see this weekend. Howie, last week, Zach Brown, who had been with the Redskins, a very accomplished pro bowler in Buffalo. How did that deal go down? Why do you think he was still in the market, and why were the Eagles in a position to strike? Well, it's interesting. It seems like more and more teams are, are looking at the compensatory formula for most free agents. Zach was a, a cut, so he, I think he was looking for the right opportunity an opportunity to showcase his skills. And um, when you get past the draft, some of these veteran players that maybe were looking for a certain number um, go into it and say, hey, I got to get in the right situation um, so I can maximize my potential going forward um, on and off the fields. 
But for us, we know him. Um, we competed against him in our division. You know, we were looking for uh, another guy to round out our linebacking core. We're excited to see all those guys come together. But we just felt like it, it was a good um, match of balance and skill set uh, that we were looking for. What kind of player is he for Eagles fans who don't know him? Yeah, you know, when you watch Zach, I mean, he's a very athletic guy. Um, he's explosive around the ball carrier. He he can make big hits. Um, he's been a productive player in different schemes. So for us, we're just looking to get him uh, acclimated in our system and let all those guys compete and see where it, it comes out. And to be clear, he does not count against the compensatory draft pick? He does not. Excellent. And then Howie, two safeties off of waivers, Godwin Iguabuque and somebody that we're familiar with, Blake Countess. Um, first, Godwin, what can you tell us about him? Yeah, Godwin, a uh, tremendous character, a guy that we, we had targeted as an undrafted free agent last year when he didn't get drafted. We had draftable grades on him. Um, he's got traits in his body. He, he tested really off the charts. He was a team captain in Northwestern, uh, someone who can help on, on special teams as well as he competes. And we just, we just want to keep throwing uh, good players into the mix to add to our 90-man roster. We want to have a great 90-man roster. We obviously want to have a great 53-man roster, but this is a guy that we thought upgraded our, our depth to compete uh, for a roster spot. And then Blake, we know him from the draft of 2016. He's come a long way since then. Yeah, Blake's a guy that obviously we drafted here, so um, we spent a lot of time on the process uh, getting to know Blake. Great character. He's really a versatile player. He can play safety. He can play nickel corner. Um, he was productive as a special teams player for the Rams and just uh, another guy that we're excited to get to add to our secondary depth. How a very creative way of addressing the roster. This is ongoing, is it not? No doubt. You know, Every day we get together and we look at our roster and uh, try to find ways to get better. That process continues. Um, you know, we'll take a break in June and July a little bit, but uh, we want we want to have a great roster. We want to have a great team, and we want to win games here. So we got to make sure we do our part because our coaches and players are doing a great job in this offseason program. Thanks, Howie. Thanks, Dave. The Men's Lacrosse Championships come to Lincoln Financial Field from May 25th through May 27th. Catch all the action and watch some of the best lacrosse players in the country compete for a national championship. Order tickets at NCAA.com slash lacrosse. Welcome back to the Eagles Live podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro with you. And as I promised before we went to break, it is time now to visit, really in an in-depth visit, with quarterback Carson Wentz here at the NovaCare Complex. I can tell you're, you're a man of faith, family, football, and hunting seems to be the big hobby. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Okay, have I, have I nailed pretty, it pretty, pretty, pretty close accurate, there? Pretty accurate, I think, yeah. All right, well, we're going to get into all four of those topics, but first I'd like to ask some lighthearted questions. We do a thing where we ask five questions, and then we do like a little funny thing as well. So it's time now for five questions with Carson Wentz. All right, here we go. Number one, take us inside the locker room. Carson, who is the funniest Philadelphia Eagle? Oh, boy. Um, we got a lot of funny guys, I would probably say. I mean, Brandon Graham makes me laugh the most just because he laughs at everything. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say he's the funniest guy, but uh, he definitely cracks me up. Okay. And then best dressed Philadelphia, also a very tough category. I'd probably say Rodney McLeod. Okay. He's, I mean, he's he, fine... he fights for it, too. Okay. I mean, he's, he's out there. You've made a concerted effort to really up yeah, your dressing I feel like game. I'm pretty, yeah. you know, pretty I mean, fashionable. You are very fashionable. You look great. My wife dresses me pretty well. Well, hey, if, listen to the boss. That's the way to do it. Okay, um, the best hair on the football team? Uh, 
I like Isaac Sayomalu's hair. Okay. Um, I think, except for in meetings when he sits in front of me and it's blocking <laughs> the screen. Okay. Um, but I, I love his hair. I like messing with it. All right. Sneaky great athlete that maybe people out there don't know about who's a great athlete. I mean, I'd probably have to say Lane Johnson. I mean, I feel like some people do know about that, but uh, once they see him, uh, he's he's pretty athletic. Him or Jason Kelsey. Okay. I mean, Kelsey's unbelievable. Um, either or. Okay. And then the, uh, the Carson Wentz audience of one – Second annual charity softball game happens May 31st at Citizens Bank Park, Carson. Question number five, what player is most likely to go yard? I'm going to have to go with Jake Elliott after, after really? last year. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. He, li- he lights it up. See, he was my he, sneaky athlete. He is a sneaky athlete. But I feel like everyone saw that at the softball Yeah, game, that's true. So, and how's uh, that going? Everybody, for, for those who are not uh, who have not yet signed up, how can they do so? Yeah, AO1Foundation.org. Uh, there's... Um, links to, to get tickets and everything and um it's exciting this year we're gonna go offense versus defense um so it'll be it'll be a fun oh one. that's a good one yeah um i, I do want to get a, a little bit more fun here let's go to north dakota the great state of north dakota we have a game called fargo or bismarck <laughs> these questions will test how well you know your home state of north dakota but specifically the two cities of fargo and bismarck we will ask you a trivia question, and you will answer with the city, which is either Fargo or Bismarck. Okay, number one, the city was originally named after Edwinton, after a man named Edwin L. Johnson, a supporter of the Transcontinental Railroad. But only after a year, the name was changed to this, Bismarck or Fargo. Fargo. Incorrect. It's Bismarck. What? Yes. Oh, one. We won't tell anybody back I in North Dakota. I you must be looking on Wikipedia because that <laughs> is not accurate. Is that You know what? That's funny you say that because Chris Barletto has been called into question repeatedly <laughs> for his fact checking here. We're I have to- been, and I will double check that right now. All right. I'm pretty we'll sure that. that's right. <laughs> All right. The tallest building in North Dakota stands at 241 feet and is located in this city. Bismarck. Correct. State capital. All right. This is the most populous city in the state. Fargo. Correct. Actress and model Leslie Bibb was born in the city in 1974, way before your time. She is best known for her role as Carly Bobby in the 2006 film Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Fargo. Total guess. Bismarck is the answer. <laughs> and according now, this I'll is how apologize. deep we, this is how deep we go. According to factretriever.com, it is illegal to go dancing in this city with a hat on. That sounds like Fargo. That is correct. Yeah. All right. Well, four four out of five. We think maybe definitely broken five. that law. Yeah. Well, you know your you know your North Dakota well, um, Carson. Let, let's talk about what interests you and, and what really makes you hum. Let, let's begin with faith. Um, yeah. How did you become such a man of faith? Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up in a household where uh, Christian values were instilled and, and going to church and, and those types of things. But really, in college, I had some some teammates and some mentors that really uh, challenged me in, in my faith and. Um, really became uh, just a follower of Jesus in a new way, read the Bible and, and completely understood uh, who he was and that it wasn't about how hard I worked or, or earning uh, or earning salvation. Um, it was all about Jesus had already earned it for me and um, just knowing his love that he had for me and for all of uh, civilization. And by dying on that cross, uh, it just changed everything for me. And then from then it was just, uh, it's been a constant growth and, you know, I'm by no means perfect, but to have, uh, Jesus, you know, ultimately, uh, as my Lord and Savior has changed, uh, I mean, my outlook on every single thing in my life. If you could be specific, in what way previously did you out, did you look 
at life. Yeah, I think it was just really about uh, working hard to to earn uh, whatever it was. To me, you know, heaven was all about doing good works and doing good things. And um, you know, there's a lot of religions that do do teach that and preach that. But um, as far as you know, being a follower of Jesus, it says Jesus has already done it for you. Uh, it just takes a relationship with Him and, and belief in Him, and um, that just changes everything. Uh, now you all, all of a sudden want to live for Him instead of out of obligation, out of rule following, and uh, just changes everything. And uh, ultimately, you realize you have an ultimate purpose on on this earth, and that's to to make Him known, and uh, really just trying to represent Him as best I can. You you don't. Um, I mean, you're, you're you're clearly everybody knows that you're a man of faith, but you don't proselytize. Uh, I feel like is it a yeah. fine line? It is a fine line. It is a fine line. You don't want to, you know, turn people off to, to Christianity or things that you believe in. But um, at the same time, when you do believe something so strongly that you think can really change people's uh, not just lives but eternal lives, um, it's something you want to you want to share. You know, you feel almost like you're you're you should be telling somebody. Um, and so uh, it is a fine line. And, and at the end of the day, I try and uh, practice what I preach and, and walk it out a little bit so that you know whether I'm talking to people about it or just the way I'm living, hopefully. Um, people can see and experience Jesus some way or another, uh, but by no means am I perfect. I, I fall short all the time, but um, His grace covers over that, and for that I'm uh, forever grateful. I would hope nobody thinks that they're perfect. I mean, right? I agree. It, yeah. I agree. There's only one one yeah. of those. So how has how has faith helped be a professional athlete? And I'm not talking about necessarily success on the field, but everything that goes with being a professional athlete, Carson is. A lot of pressure. You're a young man. We we look at our heroes in these inflated through these inf- inflated uh, view viewfinders, and it's a very difficult life. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, it's a, it's a rewarding life. You know, it, there's a lot of a lot of good, but um, th- you know, there's there's bad if you let it get to you. Um, and so, just being grounded in my faith, you know, whether uh, just realizing I'm not playing or, or practicing or, or working hard for you know for the fans, for the media, for uh, even my friends, you know, I, I am in some respect, but at the end of the day, I'm doing it all for him first. And, uh, it just takes the pressure off me, you know, it takes the pressure off and, uh, it doesn't matter what people say or write or do. Uh, I know who I am. I know what, you know, Jesus says and who he says that I am. Um, that just changes, changes my outlook on things. And I, you know, it allows me to block out all the pressure and the noise and, um, just stay grounded in, in who I am in, in Christ first. And, uh, then I just get to play, I get to play freely and, um, just be that kid that I was, you know, just in the backyard playing football, uh, doing those things, and and just that that foundation of faith allows me just to play freely in that regard. That's a good segue into football. When did you fall in love with the game of football, and and why do you love it so much? As early as I can remember. Um, I remember. Um, it's funny. I was actually just home recently, and I saw a little uh, like soft football. That it was a Vikings football. We were Vikings fans growing up, and uh, I was like, shoot, I remember that, and like. I, three, four years old playing with that thing. And uh, I was just throwing it around in the, in the living room. And I'm like, man, just the memories were, were coming back to me. And so that was uh, really, I just remember Sundays watching football with my dad and my brother. And I wasn't really watching it. I was a kid running around with the football, <laughs> driving my parents and my brother crazy. Um, but I just fell in love with everything about it. And, you know, I ended up uh, being the kid that brought the football to recess and being the captain. And from then on, it was just, and I just was obsessed with the game. And uh, I had a dream of, of playing in this league, and, and here I am living it. I'd like you to describe Carson Wentz, the athlete, baseball player, hockey. You played hockey, right? Yep. And basketball player. How would you, as a, if you were to be a scout, how would you describe your game? I would say basketball was, was pretty raw um, because I did grow up playing mostly hockey. Um, but we did win basketball my senior year. We won the state championship, which 
Obviously, it's from North Dakota, so awesome, it's, yeah. a, it's a little different. No, but man, um, we won the state title. We got a ring. It was pretty remarkable. But I was, I was a little raw. I was a very poor free throw shooter. Um, my field goal percentage was higher than my free throw percentage. Um, Why is that, do you think, I, Carson? I don't know what it is, hmm. but I was exactly 50% from the line um, for the year. So, uh, Bad not my, release? Not, like, not my proudest yeah. moment. I don't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, just not enough practice. Okay. Um, but uh, I was uh, I was a real hard worker, a uh, good rebounder. Um, physical, but, I would imagine. Yeah, I was physical, especially for North Dakota. Yeah. I um, mean, I was a big man that I thought was pretty athletic. Okay. Um, baseball, you know, I, I loved baseball growing up, you know, when I was – uh, pitching, playing shortstop, all those things. I uh, absolutely loved it and then um, had some arm issues and things, so I was limited to, to third base, but I was uh, I was a doubles hitter. Uh, I led the team in stolen bases, actually, and, and those things, so I thought I was a pretty good baseball player, but it was just a little slow for me. Okay. Uh, I, wasn't, I didn't have the, the patience and, and getting out seven out of ten times and being successful and being considered um, good at that just was, was really hard for me. <laughs> um, and then as a hockey player, I thought, uh, back when I played hockey, I was actually kind of undersized. So I was, uh, a hard worker. Uh, I thought I was a pretty good player, a really good all around player, but I wouldn't say I was elite in any one thing. Do you think that if you had grown up in this era where it's kind of all the kids play one sport year round that you would have developed into as great a football player as you are? I don't think so. Um, I, I'm a firm believer in being a multi-sport athlete and, um, I think it just exposes you to different competitive environments. I think it builds mentally, um, more than it could from being a multi-sport athlete because you're just competing in different ways, um, constantly and um, being challenged. And for me, you know, whether it was, uh, I was maybe the best player on the football field, but maybe not so much on the basketball court, but I had to learn how to be a teammate and still be a leader, um, and face adversity in a di- from a different lens. And I thought I just learned so much. Um, and so going to college, I think I was definitely um, still developing as a football player, which uh, if, if I was maxed out at my peak in high school, I don't know if I'd still be here. The ring from high school, do you still have it in, your, in your man cave? Still do. Yeah. Is there a Carson Wentz man cave? Uh, there's an office that okay. has, has some trophies and some cool little things. Nice. Yeah. All right, let's talk about fa- <laughs> let's talk about family, Carson. And obviously, yeah. you're a well-grounded man. You've been raised the right way. Um, what does family mean to you? Uh, family means a ton. You know, obviously, my parents. And um, when I get back to North Dakota and see them, I, I love it. I cherish that time. Um, just married recently, and uh, now my wife. Uh, this is home. Philly's home for us, and and we love it out here. And um, just being able to go through a hard working day, all that fun stuff, um, but then coming home to her and just, you know, she's the same every day, no matter what I'm going through. Uh, she's been awesome. And, you know, my brother's out here too, um, him and my sister-in-law, um, and now my niece, um, they're all out here. They live right down the road from me. Um, so we, we do as much as we can together. Uh, we, we love each other and um, just cherish that the family bond that we share and uh, yeah, that stuff is, is extremely important to me. And then let's finish up with hunting and the, the, the love of being outdoors and, and doing that. Yeah. I and mean, how that I, ties in everything. I really. love it. I love it. And for me, it brings in family because uh, I do I, I get to go out with my brother a lot. And, um, and I forgot to mention my dogs in my family. Yeah, I want to so talk about dogs. So my dogs get to come into play when, when we go hunting as well. And, uh, you know, they do, they do a great job and we have a blast with that. But um, there's just something about being in, in nature um, and just – uh, experiencing it from a different lens, and it's just the ultimate release for me to from getting away from the the fame and the the spotlight and all that. Just being in the middle of the woods or in the middle of a field or whatever it is, um, and just the whole process of hunting. It's more than just killing animals. It's it's way more than that. There's so much that goes into it. We have a blast. We develop bonds and memories, whether we're 
harvesting animals or not. And it's just something that um, if people haven't gone, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. But if people haven't gone, if they can get a chance to experience it, it it'll uh, it, I know for me, it changed my life. Last thing, I understood that you weren't a big dog fan until like college or something. Yeah. How'd that happen? Yeah. I fell in love with dogs about the same time I did uh, hunting. Uh, I went on a, on a pheasant hunting trip with my buddy um, who had an amazing dog that I, I liked being around. But then once I saw him hunting and working, I just I fell in love with that dog. Uh, I fell in love with hunting and it just kind of changed my perspective. I had been before, uh, but never really loved it until college. I think I was finally matured and kind of uh, slowed down maybe just a little bit and, um, just fell in love with it. Ended up getting a dog and fall in love with hunting still by no means am I an expert at it. I just love getting out and doing it. Um, and so, uh, now I have three dogs of my own. Some people think I'm crazy. Um, parents thought I was crazy when <laughs> I did get a dog in college, but, uh, you know, it's one of the better, one of the best decisions of my life and, uh, we, we love them and, uh, they're really part of our family. It's good preparation for someday when you're a father. May 31st is the day. I'm not asking you anything there. Don't <laughs> worry. May 31st is the day. Citizens Bank Park, the audience of one Carson Wentz second annual charity softball game. Make sure you are there to support number 11 quarterback Carson Wentz. Thanks so much for stopping by, Carson. Thanks, Dave. Hey, real quick. Uh, I was correct. It is Biz- Bismarck was Edwinton. Uh, oh, okay. Who's Otto von Bismarck? Look him up. Otto von Bismarck. Yeah, he's. So it was originally Edwinton, <laughs> and then a year later they named it after Otto Von Bismarck. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, hey, look, this, this is why we have the Eagles Live podcast, to debate important things like this. It is uh, Carson, three out of five. Look, I know you hate to lose at anything. And you didn't lose. No, I, I was at least wrong. right with who Otto Von Bismarck. I just That's remember right. that name. That's why it's You got Edwin, the second Edwin, iteration yeah. of it. Yeah. Right. Thanks, Carson. Thanks so much to quarterback Carson Wentz, and what a great conversation. Make sure you sign up to attend his May 31st charity softball game, the second annual Audience of One charity softball game featuring Carson Wentz and all of his teammates at Citizens Bank Park right here in South Philadelphia. We thank you so much for joining us here on the Eagles Live podcast. Thanks to Peter Kelly and Chris Barletto for putting this all together. Thanks to you for joining us each and every week. And next week we are back with another Eagles Live podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles fly. Eagles fly.